Hello and welcome to another edition of On the Board. I'm Mike Fast. We're going to get right into it today. On the sixth episode of On the Board, we're going to preview the 2020 NFL season, which starts tonight. Thank goodness football is here. We'll get right into it. I'm going to give you my record predictions for each team, playoff predictions, and award predictions. Now, of course, a lot is subject to change, and we don't know how it's going to turn out, but that's part of the fun. I think a lot of this, though, can be predicted based on recent performance. You do want to factor drafting and free agency into it a little bit, but that is an unknown to the extent that we haven't seen those new elements be incorporated within the team yet. So it's best to go off of last year and even the year before because that is a more accurate sample of what that team can do. We'll start off in the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens are the prohibitive favorite not only to win the division, but they're also a strong favorite to win the conference. And depending on which sport book you look at, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have them again at 14-2 and winning the AFC North with their schedule, with their talent, with their coach cohesion. All signs point to dominance. They could even go undefeated. Uh, but no matter how good a team looks to be, I just can't predict that. There's too many variables in play throughout the course of the season. So Ravens, again, at 14-2, and two, obviously another excellent year. Next up is going to be the Cleveland Browns at 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, say what you want about the Browns. I certainly have. They have a lot to prove this year. New head coach, Kevin Stefanski, a whole new front office. Uh, they had a lot going on, of course, with that. And then, you know, everybody else is dealing with COVID. But teams like this, where they have a new power structure in play, is especially behind the eight ball. But something tells me that they're going to do it right this year. Now, doing it right doesn't have to look like a 12-4, and 13-3 and three type season. 8-8 eight and eight could be doing it right. You know, a lot of times you just have to weed out a lot of the bad stuff. And once you do that, you start building on a real foundation. It may not seem like much in that first year or two. But the Browns seem to have their heads on straight. I know what I just said. Yes, I do. But they seem to have things going in the right direction. And especially in a tough division, they seem to have a good chance at that second place spot. I don't think they'll be anything less than third, but I think that eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine is right in the area of where they will finish this year. But I have them at eight and eight in twenty twenty. Next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight and eight. I have them just below the Browns, losing out on a tiebreaker. I think the uncertainty of Ben Roethlisberger and his health coming back is a big factor because. He is one of their best players. And what I mean by that is if you even if a quarterback was coming back off a of, you know major injury like an elbow like Ben is, if that team were to have other crucial players in place, that would offset the potential growing pains, if you will, for Roethlisberger to readjust. But I don't believe the Steelers have enough 
other standouts on their roster to buffer Roethlisberger. In other words, I think he's going to have to be great very quickly, and he may not be able to be. I think their defense is going to be solid, but over time, you know, it's a long season, that defense could wear down to the point where, not fall apart, but just wear down to the point where they may give up a touchdown where they needed to hold the team to a field goal two or three times, and that could be the difference between going 10-6 and 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 8-8. And so the Steelers are not going to be a bad team, but they're not going to live up to their standard, I don't think. And I see a third-place finish for them in the division this season. Lastly, in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals at 6-10. The Bengals, with a brand-new quarterback, Joe Burrow, was just named team captain. All signs are pointing up for him. Jonah Williams is back. Stud left tackle from Alabama. Missed last year. Freak injury. So that's obviously good news for the Cincinnati fans. Trey Waynes on IR. This week, not good news for them, of course. There's just, similar to the Steelers, you can have good things in place. You can have good players in place. Joe Mixon looks to be a stud. I still think, and I'm in the minority on this, I still think A.J. Green has a couple of good years, I would say good, meaning like very good A.J. Green type years left in him. You know, you have playmakers at certain points, but... When you're talking playoffs, when you're just talking achieving at a really high level in the NFL, you can't point to just a few playmakers. You have to have the key positions locked down and really, you're really looking for a deep bench. And I don't think the Bengals are there yet. So Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals in the north go to the south. I like the Titans at 12-4. and four. I just think what they do is very solid, and they're not trying to be anybody that they're not. I think Derrick Henry may not have statistically the year he had last year, just because it's it's hard for anybody to do that. But I think he's going to have another fantastic year with rushing yards north of 1,300, double-digit rushing touchdowns. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be very good this year. A.J. Brown, again, they have guys all over the place. And what do you know? They brought in Jadavian Clowney. That's not going to hurt their chances. Let's just say that. And of course, Mike Vrabel coming into his own as a head coach. You know, he was brought up under the best coach as a player. He was brought up as a defense coordinator in Houston under Bill O'Brien, say what you will about Bill O'Brien, but Vrabel has done it the right way. He's bided his time, he's he's done it the right way, and now he really, by probably a lot of standards, had premature playoff success last year, getting to the AFC Championship. But I, he doesn't strike me as a fluke. So when you have your head coach, you have your quarterback, those are the two biggest building blocks. And you may not like Ryan Tannehill, but he's a playmaker when he needs to be. And Jadavian Clowney coming off the edge, you know, head coach quarterback, pass rusher is number third in the NFL. And so I don't know what he's going to be, but the def- 
excuse me, the offense is going to definitely have to account for him. So they have a good nucleus and a good thing going on in Tennessee, I believe, especially with the kind of division they play in. They should be able to win that. Definitely with double-digit wins, and I see them at 12-4. and four. Next, I see the Indianapolis Colts at 10-6. and six. They should have a good year. Phillip Rivers coming in as a brand-new quarterback to this team. Of course, he's not brand-new by any stretch to the NFL. A veteran player who knows just about everything there is to know about the quarterback position. He's playing behind a very good offensive line. What he really didn't have for most of the years in San Diego and then now Los Angeles. But now he has that. He's playing indoors. And this is the time for him to really make that final push for the ultimate prize that he's been seeking. The Colts defense is going to be really strong, of course, led by Darius Leonard. I like the pieces they've assembled. And it's taken a few years to revamp their whole team. You know, and they just lost Andrew Luck a year ago. And they're really in the playoff conversation already. And that is a remarkable achievement, even today, for Frank Reich and company. Behind them, I have the Houston Texans at 7-9. and nine. Now, that is probably a drop-off to what a lot of people believe they will be. I just have this idea of the Texans being kind of like, no pun intended, like the Rockets, the NBA team from Houston. Very top-heavy with Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt. It's not about star power for them. It's about the next tier of people. Now, obviously, the Rockets are having a good year right now. They're giving the Lakers all they can handle. But for the Texans, it's not like basketball. You know, the NFL is a team game. Of course, NBA is a team sport. I know that. But you know what I'm saying. If Deshaun Watson isn't almost perfect, who are you going to look to? Like we were talking about with the Steelers before. You know, if Ben Roethlisberger struggles, who's going to pick up the slack on offense? If Deshaun Watson struggles, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. He does have David Johnson, but that's a different kind of addition to the offense. And quite frankly, I don't see many players on their defense that are going to take the game by the collar and take it over. Again, not saying they have bad players. Of course, no one in the NFL, when you get to this level, is a bad player. We're talking comparatively. You can't just be average in the NFL. If you want to succeed, get to the playoffs, and progress in the playoffs, you have to be great at multiple positions and usually have depth at those positions. I don't think the Texans are there. Finally, Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they apparently don't want the good players that they did have. And I'm not going to waste a lot of time on them. I think they'll be 2-14. and 14. They could be 0-16. They could be 4-12. and 12. Um, That's pushing it, in my opinion. I, I really don't see how anybody can name a team with farther to go this year than the Jaguars. Lastly, in the AFC, we go to the West. Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, 13-3. They should win this division again. They're a very smart team. 
because they figured out a way to extend their stars before this season. Why is that important? Because traditionally, as most people know, it's very hard to repeat, not only as a Super Bowl champion, but to get to the playoffs the year after you win the Super Bowl. So getting that extension for Patrick Mahomes, getting that extension for Chris Jones, those are big things because that takes pressure off them. That takes, you know, and it sounds silly, but that takes questions out of the mouths of media members. What I mean by that is if there was to be a contractual dispute, whether the player voiced it or it was just a product of the media, they would bring it up week after week. And that would be one more thing to take the concentration of those key players off of their game plan for their next opponent. Now, that topic is not going to be an issue at all because they've gotten their extension. And of course, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they draft Clyde Edwards E. Lair from LSU, who is just an absolute stud, smart, physical, dynamic. You know, you watch his film, and LSU set unbelievable passing numbers last year. But Clyde Edwards Elaire was a tremendous part of their success, no doubt about it. He looks to be the starter, and that tells you something because I don't care how good you are in college, coming in to start from day one in the NFL, much less the defending Super Bowl champion. And for a guy like Andy Reid, who knows his stuff, that says a lot. Next up, I have the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow, the Las Vegas Raiders moving into a new stadium, a new city. I have them at 9-7. and seven. I'm not as confident in this pick as I am in some others, but I just think that John Gruden, as confident and as brash as he can come off, he's a very smart coach, and he's gotten the guys he wants. And you add a guy like Henry Ruggs on the outside when – the Raiders were trying to recover from losing Amari Cooper. They need a game-breaker. Henry Ruggs is that. Josh Jacobs, one of the best young running backs in the league. Darren Waller, a matchup nightmare at tight end. So you have Derek Carr, of course, who's a very good player. And so you, you combine all those guys on their offense, and they look to have a lot of success. And, you know, some people say... Offense wins games, defense wins championships to say that it's more important to have a shutdown defense. Well, you know, I don't know where I come out on that as of now, but I will say you have studs at every position like the Raiders have. You're going to at least be in every game. I don't know if you win them all, but you'll be in most of them. And that's very important. You know, when you look at the Ravens of 2000, you look at the Buccaneers of 2002, you look at really any successful defense. They build down the middle. They have beasts at every level. Same thing. It's the same principle with offense. The Raiders have that, and I believe they can have a winning record for sure. Nine and seven, ten and six, I think is definitely a possibility for Las Vegas this season. Next up, right behind them, I have the Los Angeles Chargers at nine and seven. 
losing out to a tiebreaker for third place in the AFC West. The Chargers, I think, will be pretty good. Losing Derwin James is going to be a huge blow. No doubt about it. I think I think they still have enough to be competitive, have a winning record. But just with tiebreakers and, again, we keep coming back to this idea of not just keeping your head above water, but really raising that bar. I don't know if the Chargers are there right now. An X factor could be when is Justin Herbert going to take the reins. I personally think Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback for this team right now and for this season. I don't think, as of right now, Justin Herbert should start this season. Of course, that's making a broad assumption because we don't know what it's going to be in week 13, much less in week 3. But to not have a rock-solid assurance in your quarterback situation isn't a deal-breaker, but it gives me a reservation, whereas I'm a little bit more confident in the other two teams above them in that division. Lastly, the Denver Broncos at 6-10. and 10. Look, we just found out yesterday that most likely Von Miller's season is done, and we already knew that Bradley Chubb is going to take a few weeks to get back to full strength. And just like that, your two best pass rushers, if not the very best pass rushing tandem in the league, is gone. Or at least significantly hindered. So, that's massive. And when you're going against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you're already fighting an uphill battle, even with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And now you don't have those guys? I don't see you beating them. And then guys like the Raiders have, you may be able to scheme up something, but I think when push comes to shove, they have dynamic athletes. Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller at at those positions. When you get to the red zone, they get into the scoring areas. I think they'll have advantage there. And then the Chargers, you know, you may be able to beat them. You know, you may split with them, you may sweep them, but you may go 0-4 for the rest of the division. I just see the Broncos at 6-10, and although I do like their wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Drew Locke should definitely benefit from that. They have no fan at tight end. It just seems like an imbalance to me to project them as a winning team right now. So that's how I have the AFC. Go to the NFC. NFC North, I have the Packers winning at 11-5. Also, the Vikings at 11-5, but I believe the Packers will win the head-to-head tiebreaker. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be good enough. And we've seen the last couple of years, he hasn't been invincible. Not necessarily his play, but maybe the players around him, or maybe it is in his play. Maybe he's been injured. I will say a good thing for the Packers is that Matt LaFleur was in his first year last year and they got pretty far in the season and in the playoffs. So you have to think in the second year, we traditionally know that's when teams take a much bigger leap. The Vikings, Mike Zimmer is as 
good of a defensive coach and one of the best, what I'll call second-tier coaches in the league. He has shown the ability to win tough games. He, it's With him, it's not a matter of football knowledge. It's not a matter of adjustments. You know, the games he's lost, I don't believe, have been an indictment on his coaching. So you have a, you know, we talk about quarterback head coach. You have that in the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, you have that in the Vikings. He's your quarterback. He's going to be a pretty good player. I know from past experience working games where he's played, he has traditionally been very good in between the 20s. But when it's gotten to the red zone, he didn't fall apart, but his productivity went down. And then you lose a guy like Stephon Diggs. You still have Adam Thielen. You do get Justin Jefferson, I will say, from LSU, who I thought was an elite wide receiver last year. And then Irv Smith at tight end. Of course, Dalvin Cook. He stays healthy. One of the best running backs in the league. So... You have a lot of playmakers still. And I think they will be good. But Stephon Diggs is proven. Justin Jefferson is not. Irv Smith is not. Not yet, at least. And so, again, we have to differentiate between good or potential and very good and proven. And that little bit of doubt, I think there's no question that the Vikings are behind the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, guys like that. Third place in the NFC North, I have the Chicago Bears at 9-7. and seven. Simply because a lot of people think they'll be last, and I think that they have enough at positions where they're going to be needed, like an Eddie Jackson at safety in the back end, the quarterback of the defense. Of course, Khalil Mack, who's an absolute game wrecker. Mitch Trubisky, not sold on, quite frankly. Offensively, I think they have issues. But I think they have enough to get to a winning record. Just barely a 9-7. and seven. And then the Detroit Lions, 7-9. and nine. You know, the NFC North may not be the most competitive division, in the NFL, but I think it's one of the most competitive. And when you're getting that kind of level of performance, or excuse me, you're going against that level of performance week in and week out, when you are trying to still put things together, you know, Matt Patricia coming in last year with Detroit really didn't have things clicking like he wanted, didn't have Matthew Stafford as much as he wanted, have they done enough in an offseason with no preseason? I don't think so. I think they'll be 7-9. and nine. Going to the NFC South. This is where things are going to really heat up. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning it at 12-4? and four? Usually, I am not a big proponent of putting a new quarterback or a new stud player, big name, onto a team and saying, on paper... They're going to win the division. They'll go far in the playoffs. Tom Brady's the exception. Quite frankly, he's earned the right. Okay? (laughs) And they had a good defense last year. Jameis Winston threw 30, 3-0 interceptions. And the Buccaneers were still in a bunch of games. 
So you have to think Tom Brady's not going to throw 30 picks this year. And you have to think the Buccaneers aren't going to fall off significantly on defense. They add Rob Gronkowski. They add LaShawn McCoy. They add Leonard Fournette. Again, I'm not saying all those guys are going to bring with them the total amount of success they've had in the past. But you have to think they're going to bring enough to where defenses are going to say, what do we do now? New Orleans Saints at 11-5. and five. A lot of people are high on them. I like them, but I just don't see where they're going to blow people away. I like Drew Brees. I think he's going to have another outstanding year. He's seemed to have gotten his interceptions under control over the last few years. And I wonder, though, if maybe his play won't be the problem, but the running back situation. Now, let me explain. Alvin Kamara, obviously an elite back. Okay, he's going to be very effective. But... I want to see Alvin Kamara be the workhorse for a full 16 games. When he started, he had Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, getting a big share of the touches. And this is not an indictment on Alvin Kamara. Of course, I, I, I'm sure he wants the ball almost every play, if not every play. He's very talented. This is not a commentary on his ability. This is saying, what will all the other people do? I do like that they drafted Cesar Ruiz for the interior of the offensive line. I think he's going to be a very good player for them. And I think their defense will be fine. I just wonder that the Bucks don't have just a little bit more going for them. And I think it's just between those two teams. And I think 11-5 and five is a very good record no matter where you are in the NFL. You should definitely get into the playoffs think the Saints wouldn't like that. And really what this comes down to is not even about the Saints so much as, as it is about I think the Bucks will win that coin flip between them. Next in the NFC South, I had the Falcons at 7-9 and nine, and then the Panthers at 6-10. and 10. The Falcons over the Panthers by a game because they have their head coach in place. And I'm just going to say that flat out. They also have a Julio Jones, but the Panthers have Christian McCaffrey. So each team has an elite playmaker on offense. Matt Ryan is still doing very well. They have a much better offensive line than they have had in previous years. So that's going to help the Falcons. Going up against teams like the Bucks and the Saints, I believe you'll lose more of those games than you'll win. And same thing with the Panthers. It's that the Panthers have a new head coach, new quarterback. They're kind of trying to figure things out. At least that's how it seems. And a 6-10 and record, you know, it's not good. Let's not sugarcoat that. But I think this will be a season for the Panthers like last season was for the Dolphins where they have so many new parts in place. They're rebuilding their foundation in so many different ways and you win five or six games and on paper that doesn't look good but if you look at each game and you see the players every day at practice, you see them coming back for more, you see them trying, you see them giving their effort despite the outcomes on the scoreboard, you're encouraged. 
you know, people might not admit that, but you'll be encouraged, I think, if you're a Carolina fan after this season. Going over to the East, the Dallas Cowboys, I predict, will win that division at 12 and 4, followed by the Philadelphia Eagles at 10 and 6, the New York Giants at 7 and 9, and the Washington football team at 5 and 11. I like the Cowboys because they have the offensive line, the running back, the quarterback in place. And they have Mike McCarthy coming over, so it remains to be seen how his style and system will mesh with the players the Cowboys have. But he's been there and done that. He's won a Super Bowl. He's managed expectations. You know, he's coached Brett Favre. He's coached Aaron Rodgers. So he knows how to deal with the top level, whether that be talent and or expectations. And guess what? Dallas has plenty of both of those. So I don't think Mike McCarthy will be overwhelmed. I just think it'll be a matter of how they will adapt. And I think that both him and Dak specifically have been pushed around, for lack of a better term, to the point where they're just fed up and they want to be great right now. And I think when you have a little bit of desperation... That's the best thing for a talented player to not get comfortable, for a talented coach to not get comfortable. And let's face it, the NFC East doesn't have a lot of dominant players and teams on. Doesn't have a lot of dominant teams in that division. So the Dallas Cowboys should be favored in most of their games. Eagles... Man, how many injury problems are they going to have? But Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Sean Jackson, Fletcher Cox, the nucleus of their team, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll have a winning record for no other reason that they play in the NFC East. And, of course, hopefully Zach Ertz, he should be good to go this week. Um, he should be good to go for most games. Um, he's fought through injuries like a champion that he is. But, again... Kind of that that Pittsburgh situation, that Texan situation. If he isn't great, if Carson Wentz isn't great, if Carson Wentz goes down, which he could now that they've lost their left tackle and they have to put Jason Peters back over, who else is going to pick up the slack? Joe Judge coming into New York, coaching the Giants. I think Daniel Jones is a solid quarterback, Saquon Barkley for my money, is the best running back in the league. They have a better defense, um, you know, 7-9, and 6-10, somewhere in that area. I predicted 7-9, and nine, but I think the Giants will be just a middle-of-the-road team this year. And again, New Yorkers may not like it, but I think that's almost as good as you can hope for, at least with the first year being under a new head coach. And then Washington, I give a lot of credit to Ron Rivera. He's had to deal with a lot on the field in terms of his on-field personnel and in terms of his off-field personnel. Let's just say that. And if you followed Washington, you know what I'm talking about. So the bulk of that seems to be behind them. How much will that loss of momentum, so to speak, or loss of a chance to gain momentum affect Washington. And then going down to the NFC West. 
Seattle Seahawks at 13-3, and three, I believe, will win it. I believe they're solid across the board. Of course, Russell Wilson is as good of a player as there is in the league. Any player, any position. San Francisco 49ers, I think, will have another good year. I believe they'll make the playoffs at 11-5. and five. And I don't think you really need to explain how good they are, seeing that they were just in the Super Bowl. Arizona Cardinals I have as the third place team at 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the LA Rams I have predicted to be 6-10. and 10. Let's start with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury I think will do big things this year. Even if they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, which they do, I believe they were already headed for a much better season. I like their defense. I like the vibe they have. I like... The youth that they're trying to import to the team. And yes, the NFC West is going to be a very tough division. But Kyler Murray is not going to be afraid of that. He grew up playing 6A football in Texas. He played college football at the highest level individually and team-wise at Oklahoma. You're not going to... You're not going to phase him or intimidate him. You may overpower him, you may outscheme him, but I don't see him being beat because he goes into it thinking, I'm a young quarterback, this is a really tough division, I'm in the NFL. I don't think that's going to face him. So, in other words, as Kyler Murray goes, so go the Cardinals. And then finally, the Rams at 6-10. and 10. If There's not a lot I can point to in terms of on-field evidence as to why I made this prediction. It's just a gut feeling I have. Not a huge Jared Goff fan. You know, obviously he can make plays. I just don't think he's at that top tier or even that second tier of playmaker when the chips are down. He will make the play consistently. Jalen Ramsey signed a big contract extension, five years, $105 million, well-deserved. One of the very, very, very best corner defensive backs Defensive players, one of the very best players in the entire league. Aaron Donald, the best defensive lineman in the league. Cam Akers should be a stud at running back, the rookie out of Florida State they just drafted. So this is the one prediction I made that I could be completely wrong on. Of course, I could be completely wrong on all of them. You know what I'm saying, though. This is the one that I just, something is telling me they're not going to be that good of a team record-wise. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So to recap for the playoffs, we'll go through the AFC first, one through seven. Of course, this year, each conference has an extra playoff seed with only the first seed getting buys. Baltimore Ravens at 14-2, and two, followed by the Chiefs at 13-3, and three, Titans at 12-4, and four, Bills at 11-5. and five. The AFC wildcard teams, Miami Dolphins coming in at the fifth seed at 10 and 6, Colts at 10 and 6, Raiders at 9 and 7. Over to the NFC. The top seed, the Seattle Seahawks 13 and 3, followed by other division winners, Dallas Cowboys 12 and 4, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 12 and 4, Green Bay Packers 11 and 5. And then my predicted NFC wildcard teams, the 49ers at 11 and 5, Saints at 11 and 5, and Vikings at 11 and 5. For the playoffs, Raiders at Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning. Colts at Titans. 
I have the Colts winning in an upset where I believe Phillip Rivers will be the X Factor. And then the Dolphins upsetting the Bills in Buffalo. In the NFC, I have the Cowboys beating the Vikings in the opening round. The Buccaneers beating the Saints in a close one in Tampa. And then the Packers beating the 49ers in Green Bay. To the divisional round. I have the Ravens hosting the Colts and beating Indianapolis to advance to the AFC Championship. Where they should face the Kansas City Chiefs. Who I believe will host and defeat the Dolphins. Then over to the NFC. I'm looking at the Seahawks to beat the Packers in a close game. And then the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Dallas. Can you imagine that scene? Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski and company come into Dallas. And Dak Prescott, after this entire offseason, does his thing and leads the Cowboys to the NFC Championship. Can you imagine? Stranger things have happened, but look, it's 2020, so why not? No, in all honesty, I do think that's what's going to happen. So for the championship round, both one seeds hosting the two seeds, I think the Ravens will beat the Chiefs. That is a week three matchup, also in Baltimore on Monday Night Football. But I think the Ravens, this is their time. They have as much going for them as any team does. Coaches, players, front office, Veterans, youth, depth, motivation from last year. Wherever you look, they have the advantage. And then, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, and I predicted this, the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Avenge that loss that is haunting Tony Romo. May not be haunting him, but sure being replayed, and it sure will be replayed if they if this matchup comes to fruition. But man, I just think there's something special about the Cowboys this year. And again, they could get to the playoffs and lose in the first round, but they have that potential to go to the Super Bowl. And again, we talked about potential being susceptible if there's not depth behind it. If there are not contingencies in place, if you will, in terms of players at other positions that can make plays if one of your stars can't. And I think the Cowboys can do that. So, Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay, Florida, February 7th, 2021. The Baltimore Ravens against the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's the Ravens' time, folks. I just think there's something special about Lamar Jackson, not to mention he'll be back in Florida. And if you follow high school recruiting, if you follow high school football, there's something special about the hunger and the absolute desperation of Florida football players. And Lamar Jackson... Has heard his whole life he can't do it. He's heard recently he's not good any good in the playoffs. Well, guess what? I think that's going to be over this coming season. Lastly, I'll leave you with my award predictions for the year. Speaking of which, we'll lead off with the MVP, Lamar Jackson. 
Are there other players capable of this award? Sure. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Donald. I just think Lamar is just on another level. I think he will be caught up with by other defenses, but not for a few years. Not to say he'll even be stopped then, but he is at a level now where we just haven't seen. And think about it. If you haven't seen it, you can't stop it. To Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, I believe, is in the perfect situation. With Matt Rule coming over from Baylor, Joe Brady becoming the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady coming over as the offensive coordinator from LSU, where they just had a historic offensive output. And also, they're going to need to rely on him in terms of touches. So, from a statistical point of view, I believe Christian McCaffrey is in the perfect situation. Defensive Player of the Year, I think, will be Marcus Peters of the Baltimore Ravens. When he came over... Right around midseason last year, he didn't skip a beat. He came in his first game, had a pick six against Russell Wilson, one of the very best, most technically sound players in the league, on the road in Seattle. One of the toughest places to play, if not the toughest place to play. On a brand new team, brand new defense, pick six, makes a huge play, helps them win the game. And he just goes on to make more big plays. Now a whole offseason in that defense, starting corner. He does not have to worry. Another reason he doesn't have to worry, he got a big contract extension. So like we said before, with the Chiefs taking care of their big players, the Ravens do the same. That puts their mind at ease. Hello, they're going to play better. The other thing too that's going to help Peters is that Marlon Humphrey is just as good And the Ravens had studs at every part of their defense, so it's not like teams can just throw to the other side and avoid Peters, like teams would do with Deion Sanders or Darrell Rivas. Peters is going to have a great year, I believe. Going to the Offensive Rookie of the Year, I believe it'll be C.D. Lamb from the Dallas Cowboys. I really liked his season at Oklahoma. I personally thought Jerry Judy was a touch better coming out of the draft. But I think C.D. Lamb is unquestionably in a better situation in Dallas. He's going to be playing indoors. He's not going to have to be the guy. He has a dominant run game, a very good quarterback that's going to open up everything for him. And he has a stud wide receiver opposite him in Amari Cooper that's going to present him, Lamb, with one-on-one coverage on almost every play. And then the last... Player award, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think the odds-on favorite, goes to Chase Young of the Washington football team. His performance and potential is just truly special. Anybody that follows the draft knows that, and you know that coming out of Ohio State, if you play defensive line, you play in that front, whether it be stand-up, outside linebacker, defensive end, rush end, whatever you want to call it, you play there just starting. You're an excellent player. But if you excel and you supersede even what people have done before and you set records, you're potentially a generational talent. 
and that's saying something. So to say he's going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think is one of the easiest predictions you can make. Finally, Coach of the Year, Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins. Last year in 2019, the Dolphins had their worst record since 2007. And in that time, they've only had two double-digit win seasons. I think they fixed that all this year. Like I said, I believe they'll go to the playoffs. I have them as a five seed now. I think they'll double their win total from last year from five to ten. And I think Flores is going to show how getting rid of people who don't fit the system, not from a selfish standpoint, not because it's his way and he wants to be heard, but because what his way is has been proven to work. It's not a Brian Flores thing. It's a system thing, if that makes sense. And I think now he has the guys with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback. Whoever plays, I think they'll be solid. You have guys returning on defense. You have a totally revamped offensive line, which could be the best part of the team. You just have a breath of fresh air in that organization. And almost as important, Every single one of those players and coaches and executives knows Tom Brady isn't in our division anymore. Now it's on. So that is my 2020 NFL season preview podcast. Thank you so much for listening to On the Board. We'd really appreciate it if you could tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell people you don't even know. We'd appreciate that too. Rate, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And hey, once again, the NFL is back, people. Yes. Thank goodness. Thanks so much for listening. This has been On the Board.